Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. It's a happy Thursday out there, January 19th. Let's get into it. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. We got it going on, everybody. Feeling good out there? Put that car in drive. Peel out of work. That's right. Just burn rubber. Get out of that job. And come join me for a little episode here where we discuss some of the Top news of the day in the Bachelor world and other places. I've got several uh, summations I'll give you for content I've covered. Uh, that's right, content I've covered. We are one day away from our final day of barrel scraping season. That's right, tomorrow, Friday, uh, happy Friday, will be barrel scraping, uh, our final barrel scraping day. Uh, barrel scraping, of course, is the uh, act of finding content when there is none during the off season to keep all of you savages uh, ready to go for the upcoming season, which premieres Monday. That's right, Zach Shell Cross's season starts Monday, and just like every new season, we go, "Oh, I'm not even invested in what happens." They start doing the little limo exits, and we go, "Oh boy, we're ready to party," and then we get into it, right? So we'll do that on Monday. But uh, we have some non-Bachelor news to talk about first here. Very fascinating stuff happening. Alec Baldwin is going to be charged in New Mexico with involuntary manslaughter, which basically means he's going to be charged with the fact that he uh, was negligent in his use of a firearm on the set of the movie Rust, which, of course, uh, led to the death of the cinematographer, which is tragic, just a tragic story. And you guys probably know this. I've worked in film and i've handled guns on set both prop mainly prop guns but some guns will have blanks in them and there have been deaths before from the firing of these blanks you know it's a combustion bad things can happen and it'll be interesting to see how this story plays out i covered it all on the dave neal show if you want to go check that out but not much else to say here other than very fascinating that the actor and uh, along with i believe the person in charge of the gun are both being charged with involuntary manslaughter so a very tragic story indeed. Um, we've got several different stories for you here, one of which I'm not going to share the full uh, video that I made. I'm just, oh, you know what? You know what? I am. Let's start off with our first story of the day. Deanna Pappas announced she's getting a divorce from her husband. She, of course, was season four of The Bachelorette, what I believe was 14 years ago, a long time ago. So here's that story. And then we've got after that, I'm going to be sharing a Nick Vile story and also a Claire Crowley. So lots to get to today. First up, let's hear what Deanna has to say with her written statement she dropped on Instagram. I'll read her statement and then I'll share this clip here where she talks about why bachelorettes are more successful than The Bachelor. And it's one of those things. They're both so wildly unsuccessful. It's it's kind of like saying, why Burger King uh, makes you shit your pants less than Taco Bell? It's like, look, they're both, you know what I mean? Like, why McDonald's is healthier than uh, Chipotle? It's like, all right, we're splitting hairs here. The show doesn't make successful couples. All right, but either way, here's what she had to say. I have decided... Oh, it is with immense sadness, St- St- Stephen and I have decided to end our relationship as a couple. We Oh, they consciously uncoupled, it appears. We have been working hard for a long time, both as a married couple and as individuals, and have come to the conclusion to remain separate. We remain loving parents to our beautiful children, Addison and Austin, and will continue to raise them together with love and faith. 
We ask you to respect our privacy during this difficult time as we navigate the new normal. We want to thank our dear friends and family for your endless support and many, many prayers during what has become the most difficult time of our lives. And everyone in the Bachelor community has reached out. Lauren Zima, sending you so much love. Beautiful lady, you're such a wonderful human, wonder, wonderful woman and mama, sending your family lots of love. From Annalise. Ashley Spivey says, love you. Uh, Courtney Robinson sending you strength and so much love. And the list goes on. Trista Stutter, Sutter, excuse me, not a stutter, Sutter. And and uh, yeah, big hugs. And it's uh, one of those things, yeah, you know, sort of plays out under the eyesight of fans. And it's got to be tough because I don't think in normal lives you have to make some sort of like announcement. But, you know, people start asking questions and it's like, look, we're not together anymore. You know what I mean? You can't just change your profile photo like the good old days. Here's what. So Deanna Pappas pays tribute to patient husband Stephen Stagliano on National Spouses Day. This article from last year. And sort of talks about, she said, I hear it's National Spouses Day, so I couldn't dare let another minute go by without showing you all how patient my husband is to put up with me. I love you so much, she wrote alongside a photo. So yeah, unfortunately, who knows what actually went down there. My biggest fear, and this isn't to blame the husband or the wife, my biggest fear, and let, let me know, leave a comment. Maybe you know, maybe you're on the side of the marriage and you're on the side of the divorce. But my biggest fear when you have kids is that genetically your job was to procreate so you lose attraction for your spouse does that make sense i don't know if there's any science behind this but it almost seems like when you're like your whole life force like subconsciously as humans i mean we're procreate right just procreate now we can pretend like well now i like to podcast too yeah but you like to procreate our gen gen genetics are to procreate and once that is done does all of our loving energy go to the children and i don't know i don't have kids i'm just wondering i can imagine how hard it can be to have kids and do this um during an august 2020 interview with rachel Lindsay and becca kufrin for bachelor happy hour podcast dean explained why she is so grateful for her marriage again this is you know one year ago or two years ago i should say i'm not saying our marriage is perfect we have definitely weathered some serious storms and i'm thankful to be where we are now to think we have come out the other side that's the beautiful thing about marriage we're committed to each other and our family and making things work and that's deep down below the dirt i think that's a beautiful thing that i never felt before i met steven that i would find a partner that was right f that would fight for us now look I'm not one to judge Stevens, but I feel like Stevens aren't good husbands. I feel like Steves are. Am I being judgmental? Leave a comment. I feel like I feel like if you're a Steve, you're okay. But if you're a Steven, that just to me seems like it's rough waters. I love how she describes marriages like it's uh, you know, like uh, the Titanic. You're gonna have to weather some storms. There's gonna be icebergs, someone's gonna be banging in an antique car in the storage area, you know. All right. You remember the movie? Okay. Here's what she had to say uh, three years ago. And this is her and her husband, or husband at the time. I'm assuming they're divorcing. She didn't say the D word, but they're breaking up. It has been 10 years since your time on the show. I think 11. I'm super old. Like really, really, really old. <laughs> and she says she's old, right? But how old is she? 41. She's just Claire's age. That's just what's so crazy is, uh, you know, she, but if, it's because it's like, I was born in the 80s. If she's old, we're all getting old. And, you know, uh, will Deanna be the next Bachelorette? That's the question we're all asking. Will we get Deanna back? for round two bachelorette let me know what you think could deanna Pappas be the oldest bachelorette of all time yosef make an appearance uh either way okay let's get into it let's go back to what she had to say here looks very young yeah no one would know no one would know thank you uh how would you say the show has changed since your time on it oh my gosh i think social media in general has changed the show and and really just the way the show is viewed from a um 
like an audience perspective. It's parasocial now. We don't just watch the show and it ends. We follow them to their personal lives. We wonder which types of animals they're killing in their backyard, snakes. We're looking at all the different ways people track their, uh, you know, ex-girlfriends when they're in the closet with a tracking device. You know, we look at it in a little bit of a different way. It just is really different. Social media just changes everything. People go on the show to sell teeth whitener now. You know, so that's really cool. Back in the day, we didn't have MySpace, so, you know. Wow. Make us feel really old. She goes, back in the day, we didn't even have MySpace. Yeah, you did. You had MySpace when you were on. I mean, Facebook existed. You, she was on the show in, what, 2011? Let's not pretend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all those things existed. So, no, you didn't used to go on the show to sell teeth whitening. You went on the show and then built an audience and then sold teeth whitening. But look, Deanna Stagliano has a blog, so clearly she's either making money or, you know, there's... she's. I mean, she's probably... She's got to be doing influencer stuff, right? You know, she's got the mommy blog all that cute little family there watch that knife cute little family but yeah you know it's always sort of a bummer when you see relationships that might not have worked out oh i I forgot to do this but i'd like to play some sad music when we do the old obituaries i don't have any photos pulled up but let's get into the saddest of music we can find here it is this song's called look at you differently and how sad is it that too when you go through a breakup and you're like that person that you loved is no longer yours just a sad moment there, but of course the kids hopefully will be able to, you know, cope with the issues here. They're not alone in the statistic of kids, uh, you know, as a product of divorce. But either way, let's see what else. She, you know, this song stinks. This <laughs> is just bumming me out. Uh, you know, she's 41. She has two kids. She can go meet. Maybe Claire's uh, fiance has a guy for her. As we know, Deanna spilled secrets from Bachelorette set, says Claire Crowley, deleted Instagram amid backlash. Yes, that's right. Deanna was on Claire's season, if you remember the pandemic season. So it's so funny. We look at her. She's got multiple kids. She's a, a decade past. MySpace wasn't even around. And here's Claire trying to manage TikTok. You know, life comes at you fast. Either way, happy for both of them. Just so funny how, you know, I'm sure... I'm not not to place emotions on Claire, but I'm sure she was in some ways like everyone is maybe jealous of the life that Deanna had with kids and a husband. And now Claire's pursuing her happiness. And it just goes to show we all get different things thrown at us in life. We're never as perfect as social media may make it seem. But in the end, we're just going to take those trials and tribulations and use them as hurdles to overcome as we pursue the best version of ourselves. So rooting Deanna on, her family as well. Hope things go okay for them. And uh, speaking of Claire Crowley, here's Claire on the recent uh, Bachelor podcast uh, discussing how she felt robbed by her previous circumstance as Bachelorette. And robbed how? Well, robbed of giving her mom the experience of being introduced to her fiance. Of course, it didn't end up working with Dale Moss. But uh, interesting story nonetheless. Let's hear what Claire has to say thing that I really want to ask you about um, because I know you've talked about your mom and and this is something that you and I have DM'd a little bit about too in the past but one thing that I really liked that Ryan proposed to you um, not only once but twice and one the second time and correct me if I'm wrong but the second time was in front of your mom correct mm-hmm. yeah so what, and what was that moment mom like suffers from dementia oh it was a moment that's never happened before. It was a moment that I had never expected and anything with my mom, because she has, um, she is still on hospice for dementia and Alzheimer's that time is so valuable and time is so limited. There was a point a year and a half ago where 
we thought that was the end. And so to be able to, this is going to make me cry, but to share, I never thought that moment was possible. And I was so upset for so long that my previous relationship, because I felt like you took that moment and that time away from me and my mom, that was special that I had been waiting to share with my mom and that I thought my dad hasn't been able to be around for that. Obviously in spirit, but not mm-hmm. physically to be there to now, say yes. So she says she was upset. I guess it's a kind of like a bitterness, right? When you're upset about something that happened in the past and you go, how dare they? And this happens a lot in relationships where you feel like the other person has maybe maybe strung you along. You took away my good years. You took away this, this opportunity. I didn't do all these things. And that always happens when you make decisions or live in a world where you're sort of dependent on the other person. Do you know what I mean? So like we get bitter when we feel like we are maybe codependent to somebody else. We're putting their needs ahead of ours. With Claire's situation, it's obviously very unique in that Dale, like we can we can assume that he did love her, uh, right? I mean, we can assume he, but like obviously the real world, it didn't work out. Is that Dale's fault? Well, not exactly. And then also, as it was spoken, I think yesterday we covered this with when Game of Roses talked about how Claire was essentially forced out. And part of that was due to a circumstance that she's very unique to in which she was able to see the cast list of her season because her season was delayed for so long. So she was able to not necessarily follow them on Instagram, like not, you know, maybe from a burner account, but she was able to see, oh, Dale Moss, that's the guy. And she was able to paint all of those red flags white and all the things that we do. Uh, No other bachelor or bachelorette has been able to do that because no other bachelor or bachelorette has had their season delayed the way Claire's was at the beginning of the pandemic. So not necessarily Dale's fault, although we don't know what was said behind closed doors and maybe actions didn't follow words, but for sure the bachelor producers didn't like the fact that two weeks into their taping, she was head over heels for one guy only. But you know, Ace, that's how it works sometimes, you know, like she put all of our chips into that basket. We do that in normal life. That's what's confusing here. People go, oh, she did this. She didn't follow the process. First of all, the process sucks. It doesn't work. She, It's like you better off, I think, going head over heels and really committing to that one. And if it does work out, you don't have to rewatch the season where you make out with 10 other guys for 10 weeks and, you know, bang in a uh, palapa in, uh, you know what I mean? So like, this is kind of like one of those, well, she took a big swing. It didn't work out. To see, to, to witness... A proposal or to witness that type of love and I felt robbed of that before and taken advantage of that before and used for that before and and not knowing how precious that is to me and so this time with Ryan it's like that moment was so beautiful and like he got emotional with me made me so emotional and he was so just respectful and loving and still is so kind to my mom. Mm -hmm. And so this is what makes me emotional is that you never know like where life is going to lead you. I thought it would be, you know, I waited. Any follow-up questions from Michelle? Just let us know. So long as I'm 41 years old, going on 42 almost. And I thought I was so lucky to have that moment with Ryan, with my mom. But not only that, my mom's still here. My mom's still giving her best and comfortable and happy right now. And so she's not only able to see that moment, but she's going to be able to, God willing, soon be at my wedding. Mm -hmm. And not only that, for other things that are coming up 
Amazing. We're so happy for Claire. In a wedding it shall be. She's marrying a CEO of a company. Here's what, let's go to the 1630 mark. Here's what she had to say about keeping her relationship private, specifically to make sure he wasn't in it for the wrong reasons. Have a listen. Did you try to take into account this relationship with Ryan now and to try to keep it a bit more private and just very, you know, hold on to it a little bit tighter, closer to your heart? Good question, Michelle. Absolutely. As also, like, as a caveat to that, I made sure not only to keep it closer to my heart, but to keep it private for a while because I needed to ensure because of previous situations that this man was in it for me. I needed to ensure because of previous situations this man was in it for me, not in me for it. (laughs) Does that make sense? In me alone. And it... Even in it for me, not in me for you. Okay. I needed to know that even if the spotlight wasn't there, even if the cameras weren't there, or even at the social media, the followers, the notoriety, like even if all that is not there, are you still going to want to be around? Do you like me regardless for what I can do for you? And uh, not to say Claire probably wouldn't do something to help her husband, of course, but it's like start off with a baseline like um, we're equals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy she found doesn't even have an Instagram, which is he's got like 200 followers, which is amazing. And I wanted to make sure that there was no ulterior motives and there was no reason for some sort of public gain, whether it be for their business to become successful or just not to piggyback off of what I have kind of been through to get to where I'm at. Piggyback. And yeah. so it was. I don't want to say like a vetting process type of thing, but it's mm-hmm. an extra precautionary thing of I'm going to keep this private. And if I kept it private forever, would he be okay with that? That You know, it's almost like you have two different scenarios. You have Jason Tartik and Caitlin Bristow celebrating four years. Congratulations, engaged couple there, who, of course, have catapulted their fame and sort of, you know, pushed off each other in their respective in similar niches. With Claire, obviously, it's different because she came in, she came in it from a position where there's a bunch of no names, right? All the guys that are going to be on the show and they all want something. And the general feeling when you go on these shows, it's like, look, you have a one in 30 chance at love, but you can promote your business, your influencer deals. That all is going to exist anyway. So Claire can be sort of defensive of not wanting them there for the wrong reasons. But when I look at it, there is no wrong reason. Maybe you find love, maybe you get verified and become a life coach. I don't know. I don't know if one's better than the other. Sure, the show is about finding love, but we have to just live in reality that it's not all about that late-stage capitalism, baby. Everyone's trying to build their social media following so they can uh, get people to donate to their Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. He's not going to get fame out of it. He's not going to get the notoriety and the you know headlines and the names and the articles and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was important. I think that's... I think that's so smart that you did that. And I know that you use the word like not to piggyback off of your past experiences, but I, I'm a firm believer that of course you are going to navigate based on what you've been through. And where I think a lot of people go wrong is the fact that like when they've been through something to the extent that you've been through and the heartbreak or the experiences not getting back out there, that's where the failure is taking your time to do your homework. Of course, I'm like, former teacher I'm gonna use that word but like you did you did your due diligence you did your homework and frankly even when if if you were to figure out that Ryan was in it for the right reasons really early on the pressure of being in the public eye not for necessarily like the pressure for things to work but just like the public attention 
it's going to be hard regardless of the relationship. Now, of course, Michelle speaking from a place of truth with her ex-fiance, Nate. Becca also had a guy who, I don't know, Becca's ex wasn't necessarily in it for the wrong reasons. I don't think he was really influencer heavy uh, following their breakup and all that. But yeah, you got to be guarded. There's a lot of factors at play here. By the way, I love Michelle discussing uh, using the teaching analogy. What a what a missed opportunity for Bachelor Happy Hour to not have like Michelle scores and it's like a teach it's like Miss Michelle grading each of the contestants based off of like a report card score chart. Uh, you know, performance, limo entrance, all these different things. The fact they don't. Hey, look, I'm not part of their marketing department. All I can do is work for me. But I feel robbed that they haven't given us that version of Michelle. All right, so yeah, we are just barreling through the content today, um, and I wanted to give a shout out to our featured re- review of the day from Stephanie on Apple Podcast. She said, "Dave delivers Bachelor Nation. Excuse me, Dave delivers Bachelor Nation news in a fun and exciting way. Love hearing his hilarious takes on things. And here for the She's All Batch collab. Yeah, very nice. I appreciate all of those that have been supporting us. We have uh, regularly been ranked in the top twenty of entertainment news in the in the U.S." of A. And that, I appreciate you all so much. We haven't even had the podcast going during a season. The season starts on Monday. I'm going to be doing an extensive recap um, podcast for the season. That's going to be my way of, of saying, you know what? You like my 10-minute version on YouTube? We're going to do a deep dive and give the podcast a unique recap that is um, of the audio variety that doesn't, you know, that doesn't rely on the visuals. It's just going to be me and you guys. So you already heard it here first, but I'm going to give you that extra. I guess it'll be Tuesday morning recap as we do it. I'll also be on She's All Batch this week too. I'm going to be waking up extra early, to, extra early to meet those East Coast ladies to record their episode as we recap the season premiere of The Bachelor. All right, folks. Well, do we have one more? Oh, we sure do. So this next video is Nick Vile explaining with his now fiance Natalie Joy their engagement process and I got to tell you I'm including I don't know 4 or 5 minutes of a 15 minute video the first 8 minutes of the video um was Nick in his new studio space it is extremely visually um, important that I didn't want to include it with you guys because it just won't make sense. But I basically was looking at the different aspects of his new studio and just, you know, rating it. What I liked, what I didn't like, what could use improvement, things like that. You know, I like to do that just for fun. Not to throw shade on anybody. We're all here trying to improve. But I gave my feedback that nobody asked for. So that version of this next clip will only be available on YouTube. But here's what Nick and Natalie had to say about knowing when it was time to propose. We definitely talked a lot about it like it wasn't one like you know for me i think everyone has everyone's different in terms of like how they go about getting engaged how they go about like do they ring shop together uh is it more of a like you know you know it's coming or is it a total surprise you know i i didn't want it to be a total surprise in a sense like i wanted us to be on the same page but once i knew we were ready then it then i really then i wanted it to be a surprise like i wanted to not have her like wake up and know that like today's the day I'm getting engaged type of thing. So yeah, we talked a lot about it. I mean, I think we started talking about it, I think the beginning of last year. Yeah. How did it first come up? Like who kind of breached the topic? Do you remember? I mean, I have just always been 
annoying in the sense that like also same thing here with her xlr cord it's it's you you can pull them through the mic you can pull it through so you always want a little bit of tension for when you're moving it so that it doesn't you know it doesn't pull you want a little bit you want a little bit of extra slack there but you got to get yeah pull that through even when we weren't talking about like obviously i moved out here we lived together like our plan was to spend the rest of our lives together with and ditch the candles they're just it's too hot you know, but but her the credit her lighting's really good we here. We talked about it or not? So her lighting's good. Just a little backlight to kind of pop her off of the wall. And um, so I would like <laughs> send him TikToks of like rings and be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, did not mean to send that to you. Just like disregard." <laughs> and proposal videos or whatever. So he obviously knew that I was there. And then I think you brought it up on like a walk one day or in our backyard, and you were like, "Okay, don't." think too much into this but are you are you am i you're, you're you were saying what this I said to me to yeah yeah you're like don't think too much into this but let's talk about some things if it sounds like it's raining in the background but it might be like a crinkly chair is there someone sitting in a wicker chair it's driving me nuts before to get married can you guys hear this or am i losing my mind just kind of sprinkling in some things and there was a time where natalie asked like is this too much? Am I being... I said, do I cross the line? Yeah. And he said, you walk the line. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cross it. Like, I didn't, you know, she didn't want to be pushy about it. And like, but she was just kind of letting me know. Like, a big part of our relationship is always, like, I think we like to set each other up for, for success. We like to communicate the things that we need in our relationships, whether it's love languages, whether it's when we're upset, like, what do we need to resolve the conflict? And then like what, like, you know, just the day-to-day -day stuff. And then when it comes to taking the next step in our relationship, like we're just big on that communications. You know, we were- Well, good for them. And look, I mean, it's like, it's like they're building a company together. And that's kind of what like my wife and I are kind of the same way. You, you have to operate thinking you, you are, you are going to make it work. You are going to find ways to elevate each other with their strong suits. It's kind of like Bill Belichick, coach of the Patriots, right? He's like, he looks for whatever the player's strong suits are and he makes them go into a position where they can soar with what they're good at. And in a relationship, you have to be the same way. Like you're going to be good at different things and it's not, not everything in your life has to be monetized, but you want to make sure the other person's not just the co-pilot to your dreams, but they, you're both pursuing dreams that provide you joy and, and validation. Otherwise, bitterness will come in and one person will feel more successful and there might be resentment. Memory that you have with Natalie where you were like, I need to wife her now. Like this is like this is question. this is becoming incredibly urgent. No. The question was, was there a moment when you knew you needed to wife her now? Not really. I mean, like, I I knew I wanted to propose to her. I mean, forever ago you know how most people are like i knew the moment we met not this one no not no <laughs> but i mean i could have got i could have proposed to her early 2022 or before like i remember it was like an instagram post at the like at the end of got big plans for you yeah, in 2022 you, yeah and like literally as you know i did it obviously to like it's right know, in there get those comments and those likes but also like <laughs> I meant it. Like there was this idea. Like I'm we're did it for comments and likes, but he meant it. I get it. I understand. The moment I knew I was going to propose was a few years before I actually did. Kind of get those finances right. But uh, we were at a. We we're actually at um, Coachella, 
uh, we didn't pay for tickets. Uh, my now wife got in because she was modeling for some brand and they had extra tickets or whatever. And we went to the back tent and the back tent, you know, not the main stage, but like the tent, you know, still probably, you know, a couple thousand people could be in there was Chris Stapleton. Now at the time, this is, I don't know, five, six years ago, Chris Stapleton wasn't exactly a name yet, but he played this song called Tennessee Whiskey. And I listened to that song and we had never heard it before, but you could feel the love between Chris Stapleton and his wife as they performed that song together in those beautiful lyrics. And I knew I was going to marry that lady from Kentucky. All right, folks, love is in the air, and I'm glad to have you all along for the journey. Thank you so much again for all those that have shared our podcast through Facebook or Instagram stories. You took a screen grab of where you're listening, wrote a review, all of your support. You might think, oh, I'll let somebody else do the reviews. No, listen, we have 2,700 people regularly listening every single day. Out of those, we have uh, just under 500 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts makes up 80% of our listeners. We should have about 2,000. So I do appreciate all those that have come in. Dave, why does it matter? Well, it just keeps on telling YouTube, I'm sorry, it keeps on telling the podcast apps to rise us in the ranks. So when someone search, hey, I want to listen to some Bachelor content, all the reviews say, you got to check out Dave's. He's the one who's providing the daily afternoon nonsense as we see fit. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.